So a follow-up to last week's podcast, a friend was talking to me about the Nature versus Nurture uh, podcast I did last week and just kind of how that was fitting into their life and it got my my brain spinning and I realized I was, which I tend to do, was just sort of say this stuff and in the ether and throw some stuff out there and share whatever randomness is coming out of my head and don't always deep dive. One, I try to keep these short and two, my deep dives can be repeaty and long and crazy. And so I was, I've been thinking about it and kind of pushing it around and I wanted to share some more ideas around it that are a little more concrete. And I'll just say, I mean, it's not my place to say anything about my friend or anything, so I'm not going to do that. I'll just say that I had mentioned to him a while ago something about the nature versus nurture thing. And he has twins and, you know, two girls that are right there and said, oh, you can see the difference in the two personalities, even though they're both growing up in the same environment. And so then when I did the podcast, apparently that sparked something in them or got a thought going. So that's kind of what's kicking this off is sort of that difference. And it's also the perspective of where it's going to kind of come from. And so one, not a trained psychologist or anything, just a guy trying to be a good dad and sort of figure out how to be better, do better, talk better to his kid. And so without getting all crazy and weird and, you know, nitpicking stuff, I'm going to say what I've decided on to talk about this is nature is anything and everything before the kid comes out. So genetics for mom and dad, what gets picked up, what doesn't, blonde hair, blue eyes, dark hair, you know, great, great grandfather's alcoholism, dad's ADD, like whatever it is, everything's happening and forming in that moment. And then the minute they come out, again, in my super educated uh, viewpoint is then nature has done its piece. And those things are going to keep showing or coming out or expressing themselves or things to be aware of, which is why when you go to a doctor's, they're like, is there a history of depression? Do you have a history of cancer? All these things, because that nature part matters the rest of your life i'm not saying like there's no more influence or anything with nature like that's done you're a fully cooked human being it's literally not that but those things and awareness are going to affect you your whole life now the nurture part and with all my thoughts and philosophies on stuff really boils down to two things how you react to your kid and the example you're setting for your kid and I think that gets overlooked a lot by a lot of people and not in a cruel way, not to be mean, not that they're trying to not pay attention or talk better or say things better or, or whatever, but societally, and this is one of the things I fought against and it was at least a significant percentage of the reason for uh, no longer being in the same household with my kid's mom, um, are these ways in which you react to your kids, the way you respond to your kid. And everybody just has these like old fashioned views. And, you know, like I even, and I love my mom and she did an amazing job, like with being supportive throughout this, but I would say things to her about my kid and she'd be like, oh, it sounds like they're manipulating you. I was like, I don't, I don't think a two year old can actively manipulate me. It's a two year old responding to me but if you start to like put these things on somebody then that starts to direct how you respond to them if you are being told by and again 
I was able to talk back and have good conversations with my mom and stuff and literally say like, I don't, I don't think my two year old is manipulating me. And she was serious. Like, Oh, it sounds like she figured. And you hear that like, Oh, it sounds like they got your number. They figured you out. They know how to get, I'm like, yeah, but that's not manipulation. If a kid's like, Oh, if I do this, I get food. Like that's not manipulative. That's a child that can't express themselves in a way we're used to now as adults. And so, but point being, again, this is where the rambly part's gonna come on, is that response matters and how we choose to see and view what our kid is doing matters. And if you start to see this kid in a bad light or a manipulative, manipulative light or start to categorize them in any way, shape or form, you are helping to create their identity. You are helping to form how they are going to see themselves internally and externally. And if somebody responds to them in a way based off how they are being treated or talked to as they grow, then that's going to get normalized for them. Oh, this is who I am. This is how I am. And I, talking to like friends and stuff, people get labeled as, oh, you're good at math. You're bad at math. Oh, you're the smart kid. You're, you know, the not smart kid and, and on and on. And so those labels stick and then they start to define you because that's how easy it is to do that. And I have ADHD. My mom knew about it very early on and chose not to put me on meds. And I quote, because I liked your personality, which okay, arguments, whatever, let's figure that out, making these choices on your own. Literally didn't tell me this till I was 22. So it's like, not only was I a dumb kid, but I was a kid who had trouble doing all these things and couldn't understand and felt like I wasn't dumb, but I just couldn't get my brain to work. And I'm like, oh, this is how dumb people's brains work. And again, I'm not trying to, <laughs> this is my childhood trauma. I'm just saying as an example, the choice not to have this conversation or to have people then react to me and respond to me in these ways of putting me in these these holes define me throughout my whole life. And that's what I think you want to avoid is how do you normalize the, na the nurture part of this is how do you normalize your child to say whoever, whatever you are is right, is good. And again, People always say, what about this? But like, let's just stay on the level playing field. Yes, there are always outside factors and things that can happen that are horrible or whatever. That's not the point of this and this isn't whatever. I just hate when people do that, which is why I pointed out. So, and as I was like processing through this, like what, what values? So last time I talked about like, I just want to raise a good person, like somebody who just like whatever happens, however much money they make, whatever, like the values and stuff, hopefully I'm instilling will hopefully set them on a path to be a good person. And whether you're making a billion dollars a year or 500,000 or 70,000 or 20,000 a year, you can do these two things of response and example which the example has been my big thing for forever and response is something I started focusing on more after uh, talking with my friend. So what does this mean? <laughs> and what words are you using? If you say, if you define, let me take a step back. How do you define being a good person? That matters because if you don't know where you're trying to go with this, then 
how is your kid supposed to know? If you can't tell them what you believe a good person to be is, then how are you ever going to try to help get them there? My And I've said this before, my kid can tell you like some of the top hits. I think like I asked them once about like, oh, what are, what are the things that matter most to your dad? And it was like eating healthy, avoiding sugar, not getting addicted to screens. And they said something else like have fun or whatever. Like, oh, that's a good one. That's not the one I was thinking of, but that's great. That's what you were thinking is that you believe your dad top five priorities, which it became one because I was like, yeah, that's a good one, is to have fun, to enjoy life, to, you know, just that that's it. <laughs> Again, sometimes I get rambly. And so for my kid to see that as values that I have or believe them to be or internalize them, even if I'm not seeing them or seeing them myself, they're picking up on that. So if they're picking up on the good, they're picking up on the bad. And if you don't know if you don't have a map of where you want to go and where you would like your kid to go, then how are you going to get them there? And so all the journaling I do, all the daily dad reading I do, all of these things are meant to help be on that path. So I, when my kid comes downstairs in the morning, they see me doing one of two things, one of three things technically, getting lunches and stuff ready, playing with the cat, or reading or journaling like in the reading journaling are the same um they go under the same umbrella in the morning and so i usually if i'm doing something and i can like grab my book or read it or hold one off until they get to see me coming down not to like manipulate or whatever because i'm doing it anyway i just want the first thing they see when they walk down the stairs is dad doing something other than staring at his phone dad doing something other than sitting on the couch staring at the tv dad doing something other than just sitting there eating a bowl of ice cream or ice cream whoa uh one not me too i was thinking cereal and just kind of like not doing something that pertains to the values that i tell my kid i believe in and reading and journaling and these things are things that i don't hound them for but i try to teach through example and that my kid does journal once in a while or has multiple journals that they like to write in and i've always provided them and had them available and given them sketchbooks and all of these things, not out of pressure, but out of here, if you want to do this, here it is. And hey, by the way, here's your example for that is dad does this literally every day. And so there's the example piece. Like, and again, I'm not responding in a negative way. I'm not saying, oh, I, why aren't you writing in your journal? It's just what I do. And they make fun of me for doing it so they see it and they notice it and they're paying attention to it they're just not ready to do it the way i am but i never had anybody show it to me i never had anybody tell me the importance of journaling or why they would journal it was just not there and so i make sure to do the example piece of that without pressuring them and hopefully when they get into a tough spot or whatever that'll settle in or maybe they'll start to want to record things in their life so they have them down the road or just get things out which they do just not as consistently but that doesn't matter like it's the introduction of it okay so us being the example i told you this is gonna get a little rambly um but the point is what or going back to the original point how are you talking to your kid how are you displaying the examples you're trying to do and how are you what's the roadmap you have set up so they know what the end goal of a good person is and i was thinking about this too and i was like so there is people there are people in this world and i'm not getting political or saying anything i just disagree with it 
who believe what they are doing in supporting Trump and all the stuff that's happened, they, I would assume, at least a good percentage of them, the majority percentage of them, there's always outliers for weirdos and all this other stuff and anything, I'm not talking bad about anybody, they believed they were doing the right thing. They believed they were saving this country. They believe that they were supporting the president of the United States. And again, not getting into a political debate, but somebody taught them that this was the right thing to do. Somebody taught them this is being a patriot to do this. Somebody taught them the influences they had, the examples that were set, the way they were responded to as a kid and as an adult, because none of us stopped being influenced, got them to the point where they believed what they were doing was the good, right thing to do. And pretty much most of the people I interact with have nothing but bad things to say, derogatories, oh, they're all just Nazis, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no. <laughs> Again, there's always people that are these things that are just bad people, but a lot of them are just people who were taught and didn't, and then it's like, well, they should know better. Well, no, because the stuff you know that's bad, you're not going to admit it's bad or you're not going to see it's bad because... That's not what you were taught or told. So why are they wrong? Which again, I believe they are. I'm not saying they're not. And you're not, but everything they're doing is wrong and everything you're doing is right. That's just not, that's not possible. There are good people who are Trump supporters and there are bad people who are not. It's just, it's not this one and zeros thing. So the, again, keep bringing it to back to the point or trying to. So when we respond to our kids, when we are telling them one thing. What are we doing to show that we actually mean that thing? What I mean by that is, are they hearing, and in the case if they have a sibling or something, and let's say one of the siblings is kind of the, the what we would see or describe or other people would compliment you on for having the model student. And then the other kid is the one that you're kind of like, oh, I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> like they, they're a good kid, but something's like, how are you responding to both of those kids? And one of the things I, I see and do not like is things get focused sometimes on the worry, quote unquote worry kid. I don't know how to say it. I'm not saying anything bad about it anyway. That's kind of the point of this. Be, but the other one is like, oh, they're fine. They've got this. And so you, you start shifting that focus over to one kid that you're worried about and leaving behind the other one because you're just putting them in a bucket of, oh, they've got this or whatever. And again, I don't think people mean to do that. I don't even know. And I've talked to people, if you talk to their kids, they're like, oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Like <laughs> they're like, oh, you got this. You're good. And without ever saying it. And then, but we're worried about this one. So this is where all our time and attention goes. And then you leave the other one behind without you know, filling up their bucket too. So I think to avoid that, you need to understand who each person is and treat them exactly the same. And that's not just meant to be like some cheesy weird little line, but three books that I have read, or two books I've read and one I'm getting ready to read. Uh, one is The Self-Driven Child, um, and I'll link to these in my show notes. One is uh, Untamed by uh, Glennon Doyle. And the other one I just listened to a podcast on is called Never Enough. Um, and I'll link to it by, what is her name? Jennifer Wallace. And so what I got from The Self-Driven Child, which I recommend reading the whole thing, gets a little dry in a couple areas, but the whole thing is worth it, um, is I don't ask my kid anymore about the report card. 
I don't ask them about their grades. I don't talk to them about their grades. I don't start off our conversation about how was school today. I don't pick them up and say, how did you do on that test? I don't drop them off and say, good luck on that test. Nothing to do with grades. This came from self-driven child. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. I'm going to do that because I tell them grades don't matter to me. I tell them, I think you're a good person. These other things are pieces. Like even I don't do parent-teacher conferences anymore. And I did like one because I felt like a weird guilty pleasure or guilty pleasure, guilty whatever, because her mom was like, oh, you're not going. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, leave me alone. We're divorced, so I don't have to listen to your shit. Stop. Anyway, um, but I stopped going to the parent-teacher conferences and my kid asked me like, well, why aren't you? Like, cause it's like that thing of like, oh, you don't care about me because you're not doing this thing that other people put all this weight on. And you know, my mom comes out and she's saying all these things and this is what your teacher said and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, I don't care what some random dude who I don't agree with most of the stuff he's doing anyway is going to tell me about my kid. Like none of, and the stuff they've told me about what happens in their classroom is just rampant insanity so why do I care what this person is going to say about you? What does it matter to me, some person whose opinion I don't even have to think about in like another three months when you're on to the next grade? Why? Why would I waste my time and your time doing that? Like, I know who you are. If we need to talk or deal with something, then let's talk or deal with it. Or something super crazy, I'll get a call. But no, just to go in and listen to this person say like in 10 or 15 minutes too. So it's not even like you're like, you know, getting this great insight into your kid from this person who cares about their education. You know, you're listening to some dude who would rather be at home or do that, who'd rather be at home for the most part. Again, nothing's universal. And it's just like, hey, I got my 15 minutes. I need to move on to the next one. Can we cut this shorter by a couple minutes so I have time to like pee or what? And it's just like, dude, whatever. Like I'm not doing this anymore. But I tell my kid that it doesn't matter to me, not because they don't matter to me, but because these aren't the things I'm worried about. These aren't the things that I focus on when it comes to you. What I focus on are these things that are our core values and making sure that if some mom shows up or dad shows up with like donuts for everybody that you think, do I really need that donut? Am I full? Did I have this? Am I just eating it because of that? Like, am I being nice to this friend who I didn't get along with last year and and the conversations that we're having are, you know, stuff to do with how they interacted with their friends or what happened with their friends or even like stuff about their teacher and what they're in school just started. So what they like about their teacher, like looking forward to going to class, but I let them direct the conversation. I don't even talk half the time. I'll say hi you know, like, did you want to, like, literally, it's like, how do you want to go to the library if we can do that? Or hi, did you want to get sushi or whatever it is? And then I let it lie. And if they want to share something or talk about something, they will. And if you take away the pressure or the, you know, well, how did you do on your test? How was this great or whatever? Then you're telling them these are my values in words at home. But what I really care about are your grades. What I really believe is going to determine who you are as a human being. What I really believe you're going to be acknowledged for, judged for. And at the end of the day, what, you know, mom or dad's going to love you for is, is that an A or a B? Like, or, oh, did you just pass? That's cool. Like, at least you passed. Like, I don't even care about the grades. Again, if something's horrible or crazy, the school will call me. Or if my kid, but my kid also doesn't feel the need to like lie or 
height of grade if they feel like sharing it because they know they're not going to be judged for it. They know there's no whatever. And they have told me multiple times like how they didn't do on a math test or whatever. And I was like, did you feel you did the best you could? But it was the lowest score in the class. Blah, blah. I was like, okay, but did you feel you did the best you could? Or I mean, like I get that it didn't compare, but how are you feeling about it? Because I don't have anything to say about it. If you need help, we can do help. If we need to study, we can like, what is it you want to do with this? Are you, do you think you're going to be okay? Was it one bad grade in your opinion? And then it's like, okay, what do you want to do with that? If you want me to do something, I will. I'll help you out. I'll get you a tutor. But if you don't, oh no, I have this friend at school and they're helping me and they've been, okay, cool. You got it. You got it. But if you start taking that away, then one, you're telling them your values are different than what you're telling them your values are. And two, you're not teaching them or letting them figure stuff out. You're not letting them come to a solution. And again, yes, if your kid's drowning, then you jump in and save them. But a couple of bad test scores or quiz scores on math does not define who they are, isn't going to mean they're going to end up homeless on the streets. Like it's fourth grade, fifth grade, and you didn't do great on one test, which probably has more to do with your teacher than you anyway. So why are we talking about this unless again you want to talk to it or you're saying hey i need help here okay then we'll figure it out but if you don't and you got it you got it anyway that's the rambly kind of like repeating part that i tend to do so trying to like condense that how are you responding to your kid and what are you actually telling them matters to you and if you are asking these questions and if you are directing what it is you believe and if you believe in that and that's your value, then fine, teach them that. I'm not saying like your values have to be with mine. I'm just saying don't confuse or cross your your beliefs or what you believe matters with your kids. And again, hopefully you do it in a nice, kind way. But but make sure you're living what it is you're saying. And that's part of where the example comes in. And I'm going to like reel this around to the example part. And I'll go back to the you know, how you respond to in part, but if you're telling your kids they need to, reading is important and they need to re read books and we're going to start setting aside 10 minutes a day to read so you can learn to read or if you need help or whatever, let me know. And then you're sitting on the, the table or the couch on your phone while they're looking at you being like, I thought reading was important. Like, <laughs> I think Facebook or TikTok is important because you're telling me one thing and I'm not seeing it. So if you, and this is where kind of the parental, you always hear parents talk about like, oh, I had to sacrifice this or that or my whole life changed. And it's like, did it really? Or did you just like have to be slightly more responsible? I think your life should change. I think fundamentally who you are changes. And I think that should change so you can do better and be better for these, this or these little people you brought into the world. So if you're going to tell your kid reading's important and you're going to say, let's start setting aside 15, 20 minutes a day to read grab a book and sit next to them and read that book. If you're going to tell them something, then you need to live that something. If you're going to say something, then you need to follow through with it and let them know and see how important it is. Do they try to talk to you and you're like texting? Do they try to get your attention and you're on your phone while telling them like grades are important, you know, getting outside and playing is important and you know, learning how to read and do math is important. And then they're like, well, you're not doing any of that. Like, why is this so important if you're, you know, got a house, a job, two kids, and I don't see any of that. Oh, you got to do it then. And then you get to be in it. Like the worst thing 
ever is do what I say, not what I do. Like anybody who ever says that should just have like an anvil drop out of them, like out of the sky, just like randomly. If there is a God, anvils just start dropping when people say that because what a, just a horrible thing. And as a quick story, my dad, I remember this. I don't remember the content. It was an argument and I was being an A-hat and all this stuff. And I was like sitting down talking about what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do and what's good for you and what's bad for you. And the whole time he's sitting there and I have like alcoholics on both sides of my family, like just rampant on both sides. It's like forest. Oh, that's probably not a great thing to say. Anyway, so it's just like rampant. And my dad's sitting there talking to me in like seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade tops about all these things you're supposed to do, not do, and what's good and what's not good or whatever. And he's sitting there drinking a whiskey. And me being the snarky little A-hat that I was, I was like, well, if we're not supposed to do things that are bad or not good for us, why are you sitting there drinking whiskey in front of me while lecturing me about things that are good or bad? I'm an adult and I make this choice and these are my house, my rules. Which, okay, but maybe don't do something in front of your kid while trying to make a point about something. Wait and have that whiskey at least that night until they go to bed or you send them to bed. Like, if you're going to tell your kid health is important and you're sitting there, you know, eating out of an ice cream tub while telling them like, you need to take care of yourself and eat good. Or it's like, oh, make sure to eat all your broccoli while you're eating the cookie. It's like, you have to eat your broccoli too. And you can't get mad at your kid for not eating broccoli if you're not setting the example to eat your broccoli. like. And I think we do this all the time to our kids and how just like jacked up and confusing that is. One of the things I read like right around the time my kid was born is your kids eat what you eat. And I was like, oh, I have to do better. And that's when I became vegan. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole at all. And I'm not saying like you have to go in that direction, but just know the stuff you have in your house is the stuff your kid's eating. And if you're going to tell them these things are important and then they know where the junk drawer is full of gummies and marshmallows and cookies, then maybe you don't actually think health is important or you're not showing them you think health is important. And it's like, well, I don't, I, I worked my whole life to get here and now I have what I want and I get to eat what I want and do what I want. It's like, no, you don't. No, you literally don't. You made choices and you got to live fun for a while and eat pizzas and drink beer in your 20s. And now guess what? You don't get to do that if that's not a value you want to put onto your kid. If it is, I guess do that. But the example you set is super important. What you're telling your kids and what you're showing your kids is super important. And if you want them to do something, you have to do it and set that standard and example for them. We're going to read. You're going to read. Then we're going to read. You're going to get outside and play. Then I will go outside and play with you. I expect you to eat your broccoli. I'm going to eat all my broccoli and I'm going to do it in front of you. I'm going to show you and I'm going to make this example stick by living it. And so, sorry, I get a little uh, soapboxy on some of the stuff, but it just matters. And like the nature versus nurture part, which is the original of all of this stuff, is what sparked this. And I just wanted to like kind of define it a little bit more, or explain it a little bit more of where I was coming from or thinking. And so going back to how we react to our kids, it has to do with with what they're doing, where they're at, and who they are. And if you don't know who they are, you can't react to them properly. And thinking you know who they are, worrying about who they may be, putting what it is you think is not happening 
based off societal norms or the other kid or whatever is not responding to who they are. It's responding to them not being and fitting in and doing the things you think they should do to be successful. And I don't think that's good. And I think it's important that universal, you have a family credo, a family belief. If I had six kids, they would all know what it is dad thinks is true. I wouldn't be like, oh, this kid just not getting it. So I'll just let them have ice cream all day because that's just easier. And then my other five kids are like, well, why, do, why don't we get ice cream all day if you said this matters? Like, oh, he's he's that kid. Like, you, you all are still here. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody derogatory. I'm just saying, like, if you want to have these values and things stick, have those values in place. But know that in this situation, you're dealing with two different people. I mean, in my case, even, like, the other parent in this situation, like, could I handle that much better? Wish I was then who I am now. So you never want one kid to hear something that the other one isn't like, oh, grades don't matter. Like, I just want you to be a good person. The other one, you know, and then you go to the other one, you're like, oh my God, you did so great on that test. I can't believe how well it did. And then the other kid's like, well, so grades do matter and I'm lesser because I'm not doing as good. You have to make sure what you're saying, where you're saying it, how you're saying it and being consistent because you don't want to get caught in a quote unquote lie of saying one thing and then going and saying something else or focusing on one thing and focusing on something else. It's, they're two individual people, but if you're going to be under one roof and have one set of values, stick to that and then figure out who these other two people are and respond to them. And the reason I mentioned Untamed by Clonin, Glennon Doyle is there was a story she had in her book about how she had this kid who just, they weren't connecting, they were miserable at school, they weren't like finding friends they didn't have their thing and it and this is just her story from her book and she had two daughters i believe that were different ages and one was like the daughter that was like oh yeah this one's got it this one's good but there's this other one that i'm just worried about and i'm not getting and i don't know how to make their lives better and they just seem so sad and miserable and blah 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 blah, blah. read the book the whole book's great but this is one example i'm using and so she would sit outside the kid's door every morning with a sign that says smile have a good day or smile things are going to be great today or whatever and if you are a human being who is of a certain disposition and the first thing you see every morning is somebody telling you you're wrong and bad for being you how is that going to start your day like you literally walk out of your bedroom door probably not wanting to walk out of your bedroom door because you're going to see this stupid sign from this person who's not getting to figure you out or know you or care about you. They're telling you you're bad, you're wrong, you're not fitting in. And if you do what I say to do, which is smile and start with a great day, you will get normalized and be the person that I think you need to be to be successful. Just a crap horrible message. And again, it seems nice. It seems like the right thing to do. It seems like, oh, I'm being a good parent. Because look at me, I'm putting in this effort, I'm waking up, I'm sitting outside the room with a big smile telling them like, you got this. And the kid's just like, F you to the extreme and now you started their day off crap. You're going to see their bad attitude later in the day or at breakfast or five seconds later or in that moment. And it's going to reinforce your idea that this kid has problems. This kid needs help in a different way because they're just not getting it. No matter what I do, I can't get through to them you don't pay attention. You're not paying attention to who the person is. You're trying to make them conform while telling them you accept them. 
except for everything you do and everything you are. <laughs> like Other than that, if you just change everything, I'll totally accept you right now and then. And she admits it in the book. Like She's like, oh my God, that was horrible. I just jacked this kid up so bad by trying to, by not, by not letting them be who they are and making it okay for them to be who they are and not trying to force them to be who I thought they needed to be because that's what I wanted them to be because I thought it would make them successful. And so, so if you're, so if you need, like, I'll go to my example. My kid is changing. My kid is changing because of the time they are not with me. And I don't think these changes would be happening the way they are if they were with me more and not getting this other outside, what I believe to be not a great example or response to who they are because they weren't fitting the way they, the, my kid wasn't fitting the way their other parent thought they should be fitting. So we're gonna change you because I don't like your dad or agree with him which is eating well and not staring at screens all day and being active, but <laughs> I can't spend like four years of that podcast. But it's it's these changes are happening and I have to respond to them. I could be hurt. I could be upset. I could tell them like, hey, just so you know, everything you're doing is wrong. The way you're reacting is wrong. What you're, How you're responding to things is wrong, which there is a piece of me that believes it. But if I do that, then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moving with who they're becoming. And just because I think some of these outside influences are bad, which I do, I, you got to admit where, got to admit your foundation before you like start lying to yourself or, you know, lying to them, but you can process that so that when you do talk to them, it's better. And so as they change, as I have to refigure out this new person, I have to change how I talk to them. I have to change how I respond to them. I can't rely on the things I was doing or used to do because they're not that person anymore. So they have become and are becoming, they're still that core piece of them. They're still a foundation that luckily I was able to lay for six and a half years. Again, not that podcast. <laughs> this is not that podcast. But I am changing and bending to who they are. And I have tried to adopt it as best I could, some of it through tears some of it through hurt some of it through like this is a bad path and if you <laughs> like I just want to scream just like don't stop just stop this does not end well for you if you keep doing this but that's not going to help either and it's not accepting them for who they are so I just have to keep doing what I'm doing being the example responding as best I can to things that just make me want to slam my head through a wall and and meet them where they're at so if your kid, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to understand why they're this way or that way, stop. <laughs> Which might sound counter, but the more you try to figure them out, again, I believe in my like woo-woo-y way, the less you're going to be able to figure them out because the more you're trying to figure them out, the more it means you're trying to figure out why they aren't like something or somebody else or the norm or the standard or the, you know, fucking, uh, God, why am I swearing so much? Um, why they're not fitting into this thing because whatever it is about them that doesn't feel quote-unquote right is because they are quote-unquote not fitting into this idea of what something means. They don't care about grades? Cool. 
apparently you don't care again in this in this scenario if you're on my path you don't care about grades either so why do you care about their grades what is it you can focus on if you can figure out what those things are and this might be that woo you part again the rest is gonna get leveled out again outside of like other things that can happen or whatever things are gonna level out because they're gonna start being happier they're gonna start and again not like walking around smiling high-fiving or whatever but they're gonna be happier with who they are because they're going to know you're okay with who they are and at the end of the day that's again what i believe you want is this kid like one of the things i've heard ryan holiday say or whatever is are your kids going to feel obligated to come home or are they going to want to come home and if it's obligated they're going to stop showing up eventually if it's because you did the best you could and didn't make them again people make mistakes blah blah, blah. but if you make if you parent in a way that makes them want to come home that's what you're going for they have after 18 or if they're using you to get through college after that they don't have to have anything to do with you and if you've done your job poorly that's going to be more of what you get and uh again another thing that kind of fits with us that ryan holiday said is it's always like oh my kid never calls oh my kids never reaches out to me oh have you called your mom yet nobody ever says hey have you called your kid yet hey i never see you calling your kid like we put all of this stuff on our kids to do or be this thing that we told them they needed to do or be or fit in. And then we wonder why things go off the rails. We wonder why our kids are reacting because we're giving them something to react to. We're giving them something to push back on because we're not listening to them, because we're not hearing what they're saying. And what they're saying is whatever they're saying if you stop and listen to it. And I will pull off a personal example today. And then I'm going to end this because I have so much more I could say and ramble on about and I'm going to probably come back. But so part of the struggles is my kid not wanting to be in our house. It hurts on every level. Just and it's like, you know it, but you don't want to admit it to yourself. And then one day, a couple of weeks ago, they were doing I literally drove and I pointed this out to them. I literally drove over 50 miles in three towns so close together it takes 15 minutes to get from one end to the other and that's with traffic like it's not like a small area but to just kind of get around like anything you want to get around here is quick and easy and I drove over 50 miles just to avoid being at our house and it's like again I know this I'm feeling it and I just don't want to say it out loud or admit it to myself so I'm just driving them all over heck and then at one point and I won't give you play by play when something was going on and I was saying no to it or whatever, it's like, it's so boring at your house. Oh my God, knife in the chest. And I was like, well, there it is. <laughs> like, I knew it. I just wasn't going to say it out loud. And you just snapped and said it out loud. And so that's what they said to me. And I took two-ish plus weeks to process that. And so my battery died on Friday. Again, not going play by play. Got a jump. Today had another issue, so I probably need a new battery. But we were getting ready to leave because they wanted to get out of this house as soon as they could because it's boring here. And I was just going to say, okay, and we're getting in the car at like 8.30 in the morning just to leave and go to Target. Like, it was just like, get me out of here. And the car wouldn't start. I had a friend come over, jump it. But I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> and I walked in, and I was feeling like crap. I was angry. I was hurt. I was upset. I mean, they were literally crying when the car wouldn't start because we would have to stay home. This is me just being super vulnerable right now, I guess. Um, and so I came in and I sat down and I said, okay, we need to figure this out. I did, 
can you tell me why it's so boring here for you? Which again, that's hard to say in your home that you provide for your child that you love and care about and sacrifice for, and they just tell you, nope. And I know what it is. It's Willy Wonka's chocolate factory at their other parents' house and just nonstop screens. So like they wake up in front of an iPad and they sit down in front of that iPad and eat sugary cereal and then they go to more iPad and then Switch and Nintendo. Then they go to a sugary lunch and just fast food and blah, blah. And so like their whole day is just spent in front of a screen eating crap from like literally from morning to night to bedtime. And here there's no screens, there's no sugar. And I watch my kid detox, decompress, be jacked up, tired, like just all of this stuff. And so I just took advantage of the moment to say, hey, and they keep sleeping in my room. And so I'm not sleeping in my room whenever they're here. And I'm just like, why aren't we sleeping? Like, let's just clear the air. And I just sat down and talked with them and just said, okay, I just want to figure this out. I don't need you to tell me exactly what it is. I don't want you to feel like I'm going to be upset. Whatever you say, you say. Like, communication is the best piece. Let's just talk about this because you're going to keep being here 50% of the time. And we can either keep doing this, which I'm not going to drive. And I drove over 50 miles yesterday doing the same thing. I was like, we're done. We're done just not doing all this stuff just not to be in our house. We're going to figure out something else. And we're just going to stay in this house until we figure it out, like, for months. And so we started talking, and I was like, why aren't you sleeping in your room? I don't know. I just I just don't want to or whatever. It's more comfortable in your bed. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's a reason you're not sleeping in your room. We broke down. It's too cluttered for them. I have, like, five bookshelves in there, stuff with all the books that they have. Okay, let's. we can fix that. I bought them a bunk bed when... We first moved into our other place when I first left that other place. And they loved it. They loved having a bunk bed. They loved having two tops. The roof in our old other place was higher so they could just like sit on it and almost like stand up on it. And it was all these benefits to it. And they're 10 now. And the bunk bed is not a way they would choose to sleep. I was like, so we just need to get you a new bed. <laughs> I was like, do you want my bed since you're sleeping in it all the time? Oh, I love that bed. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> like, we can do that. Like, talk to me. And I have this, like, big thing that was like a toy box type sit-on thing that I envision them sitting on and reading and all this stuff. They haven't used it in f four years. I used it to store stuff in, but they never really used it. And I was like, do you want that thing by the side of your bed? No, I don't ever use it. And I was like, talk to me. And it's my fault because I didn't address this. I let my hurt and my pain and my just feeling like crap and allowing them to keep driving us 50 miles every Saturday and Sunday instead of saying, hey, stop. But it took this moment of my car battery dying to do it, which is amazing. And everybody's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, no, this turned out to be the best thing that could have happened to us today. And then we took like a 20 minute walk. And then we turned back and, you know, walked back home. And it became this really nice day of talking, communicating, doing quizzes in, her, in their uh, teen magazines and stuff. And just a whole new thing and explain to them like <laughs> cars and not working and all of these things. And the reason they're not sleeping in their room is because they don't like being in a cluttered room with a bunk bed when they're 10. Why didn't you tell me this? Like, and I keep telling them this isn't going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to judge you for it. There are things I'll say yes to, things I'll say no to. 
but I can't say yes or no if you don't tell me, and I can't explain my yes or no if you don't tell me. And so it turned out into a really good day. Point of saying all that, other than like lay myself bare, and this is getting long, apologies, um, is they're changing. I don't agree with all the changes. I can't do something about some of those changes, but all I can keep doing is how I respond to them and the example I set. I don't eat the sugar. I read my books. I sit next to you and read my books. I journal. I get us out to take walks. I do these things because that's all I can do. And I hope, and when they're, and this is another thing I say, I don't know if I've said it on here, but I'm not parenting you for today. I'm parenting you for in your 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I'll be dead if you have diabetes at 60 because I didn't do the right thing. Like you will suffer for bad choices when you're 10 where parents don't see the end results of some of the stuff they do. And so they just kind of do things. And I do think that's unfortunately probably a higher percentage than that. They just do things and they're like, oh, this is okay because I don't see the repercussions. Oh, just let them have the donuts. Just let them have the sugar. Yeah, you're not going to, you're going to be dead by the time they're dealing with insulin shots at 40 because you, you didn't pay attention now. You didn't teach them things now. You set these habits in place now and you don't have to deal with the repercussions they do. Wow, I'm getting off track and I'm rambling a lot. So anyway, the point of all of that was talking to your kid and figuring out who they are. Whether you like it or don't like it, agree with it, worry about it, all you can do is keep being the example and keep supporting them. And that's all you can really do. You're not going to change them. You're just going to give them something to push back against. You're going to make them feel like they're unaccepted. You're going to make them feel like like what they are and who they are and what they're doing is wrong. And if you do that, they're going to not be there for Thanksgiving when they're 25. I don't know. I was going somewhere different with that, but kind of lost it. So who is your kid and do you really know? And do you accept them for that? Or do you think they need to change to fit what it is people are telling you is acceptable? And if you can tap into and make sure they understand these are the values, can they tell you what your values are? Can you go up to them right now and say, what are the three most important things to me as your parent? And not just like the, oh, that uh, I love you. And like, no, like, do you have core values you try to instill in them? And again, this isn't like toot my horn, but I can ask my kid. And when I did, they added something onto my views that was a great ad and they perceived as what I thought was important based off the things I've done and shown them and do with them. And if, sorry, that was like weirdly intense. If you can do that, if you can lay down some groundwork and not for them to be this person, that's not what it is. It's for them to understand what it is that matters, what it is you're, you're living by as the example that matters to you as their parent, not that matters they become. Does that make sense? Oh, sorry, I'm, I need to stop because I'm just getting rambling and stuff, but okay, hopefully that made sense. Hopefully that laid some groundwork. I could probably re-record this and make it much better, but sometimes it's just rambling and if this is too long, I may do that. Um, but the nature versus nurture piece, in my opinion, once they pop out, Nature's done. Yes, they're dealing with the repercussions of nature the rest of their life, but that's nature's, you know, stirred its stew and mixed its soup together. And now everything is going to be based off of 
how you respond to those nature things and everything else that happens, which are all probably going to be somehow based on the nature that's formed in the stew and the belly and stuff. And then what's your response and what's your example? And do you accept them for who they are unconditionally? Again, I said a weird, crazy stuff. And do they know that? Do they know who they are is all that matters to you? All you care about is that they are who they are and you love them for who they are and they know that and there's no doubt and there's no like, well, maybe if I got better grades or maybe if I was more like so-and-so or whatever. No, 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 no. Everything about you is exactly what I love about you. Like period, end of story and start from there and then start building because if they know they're loved, if they know they're accepted, if they know who they are is not wrong or bad in your view, then maybe they can start being who they are. And they don't have to hide it or feel shame or guilt or or think that they're somehow wrong. Like they are unrightly their age or a human being or this or that. Like, no. Exactly who you are is exactly who you should be, is exactly who you need to be. I have nothing to do with that other than to love you respond well to you and be a good example and what you do from there I have no control over this is it this is all I got and that's what I'm gonna do what are my core values <laughs> what matters to me well all right I'm gonna go sorry this might have gotten crazy I just when my friend was saying something I just my head just started spinning and I was just like I just I love talking about this stuff and I want to keep talking about it and I hope it helps I hope something sparks that when you oh my god I'm gonna tear up when you go home to your kid no matter what happened when you left or the night before that you just say hi <laughs> like don't dramatize it don't ask about their school day don't ask about their day just say hi do you need something for dinner hi can I get something to drink hi just hi and start creating space for them to come to you. Start creating space where they don't feel judged. Start creating space where they don't fear what they're gonna say. And I literally had to tell my kid, I'm not gonna respond and I'm not gonna be hurt, which that part was a little bit of a lie, could have been hurt, but I just want you to be comfortable here. I want you to not feel it's boring and we can fix that. Again, I'm not gonna let go of my core values. I'm not gonna like be like, all right, let's go get a bunch of sugar and you know, bring your iPad over here and stop talking to me. But within the realm of what matters and what I think is best for you long-term and I think is going to benefit you in your 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, let's work within those bounds and let's start talking, which we did. And now we can start fixing things to make this place not be what it was becoming to them because I was too scared to talk and they were too scared to answer because they didn't want to hurt their dad's feelings or hurt their dad but they were getting unhappy and we can fix that. I just have to let you know that no matter what, yes or no or whatever, I love you, I am here for you and we can figure this out in some way, shape or form and we can meet in the middle because who you are is amazing. That's it. Ah, I'm gonna keep going, sorry, bye.